0: you know you have to be like very well spoken to be respected but for those that uh, uh for those where respect doesn't come very easily like you should honestly hear them out sometimes because you might miss a lot of things like um that that's actually also another reason why i make music in the first place
1: from Stereo Fox and welcome to another episode of the Fox Tales podcast. As you saw in the title, we have Lax City in as a guest this time around. The UK-based electronic producer has this introverted and somewhat reserved nature to him that tends to arise even during interviews. On this episode of the Fox Tales podcast, however, we experienced something different from the producer. I'll dive into that a bit later. But if you're unfamiliar with who he is and the work that he's put out, then it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the world of emotionally rich electronic music that's created by this artist. The mixture of Future Bass, Vapor Twitch and Future Beats that is found throughout his discography has not only led to him brushing shoulders with his idols and playing intercontinental shows but also a deal with Vision, undeniably one of the hottest labels around for electronic music. How did he get to this point? Well, Laxity tells us all about it in this episode. From his humble beginnings in Zambia, to his tough transition into the UK where he started making music. Throughout this conversation, we get to hear a Lax City that seems like he has loosened the shackles of anxiety that he struggled with for a while. And his story as Josh that's – his, that's his real name – rises to the conversation in a manner that's deep, and at times fun and lighthearted too. In short, this is probably the most personal Lax City interview you'll hear so far, as we also get into race, relationships, anxiety and much more. I truly hope you enjoy and walk away with a thing or two that you can use in your life. Also, please don't forget to rate the podcast where you're listening to it. And if you're not following us already, you can find us on all social platforms, including Discord, where we have a beautiful community. All the relevant links you can find in the description. And yeah, that's enough of me. Let's get into the podcast with Laxity. Hey, here's the man. How are you
0: feeling, man? I'm good. I just woke up from a nap. So. <laughs> <Pretty good. laughs>
1: That's lovely. That's lovely. You're all, you're all fresh out here. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for, for, for being here. It's a pleasure. Such a pleasure having you here. Um, yeah, the first time I actually came across your stuff was through stroll, actually. Um, yeah, I'm one of the late, the late comers to the party. and i heard straw last year and i think the timing was perfect too because um that was the time i was slowly getting into getting into vapor twitch kind of stuff and straw was what launched me heavily into that world especially since 20 um 28 i think you released 2080 to 2021 shortly after stroll uh and then yeah like that was that was a project me and my friends were on for a while especially because my friend group was new to that to that wall. so yeah thank
0: you man <laughs> no problem can i just say to this day i still don't know what vapor switch is I yes i see it everywhere but like i just don't know like what the general sound of it is i think it's um i'm assuming it's just people um soundcloud artists that make future based beats that doubt something along that line um well,
1: firstly, you're definitely in the category of Vapor Twitch. <laughs> some of your tracks, some of your tracks definitely are. Um, and I, I can't, I don't know how excited to describe it, but like, I think of, have you heard Flume's, um, Hi, my name is Flume?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Yeah, like, when I, when I think Vapor Twitch, I think of vibes like that, but also mixed with uh, Kawaii bass. I'm sure you've heard of Kawaii bass. I used to listen to a lot of that. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I saw your um, set for uh, Porter Robinson's uh, Fest. Yeah, yeah. And you, in the beginning, you were playing stuff that leaned towards, like, almost as if it's what kawaii based artists uh, sample, but, like, the original kind of stuff, almost like a, like a Far East, but 80s, 90s-inspired kind of stuff. That's what it sounded like.
0: Uh, yeah, I must say, yeah. your,
1: your taste in music is so diverse.
0: It is like, I think, I don't, I don't remember the name of that exact track, but I know what you're talking about. It was this, apparently it was this uh, VTuber theme song. That's very famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny that I didn't know what it was. I, I just got the song sent to me in an email. I was like, oh, this is cool. This might like make my set a little more uh, diverse and different or, and memorable. So I just put it in there without even knowing like where it came from. Mm, it's <laughs> a terrible...
1: Memorable to the point where we're actually talking about it right now. But uh, yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the youth, man. I think some people kind of already know your background, but not entirely your, your, your youth. What would you say were some of the moments you cherished the most when you were an up-and-coming, um, up-and-coming producer still making music in your, in your bedroom?
0: Literally just that. I mean, okay, I still, <laughs> I'm in my living room right now in uh-huh. an apartment I rent, but like, Which is which I'm very grateful for, but like um, nothing can beat just being in your room in your parents' house, sat on a bed on a laptop (laughs) with your headphones um, and just feeling inspired after a long day and just like working on beats. Um, And I, I really loved SoundCloud back in the day where you could just like post something immediately after making it instead of Mm. now where you know I gotta treat music like a business and it has to go through a label there has to be some schedules I have to promote the music itself I have to be active on socials as well and like all this other stuff you have to do like back then I just really appreciated how easy it was to find a community and um grow on soundcloud in general because all it took was just a big artist to repost your song and pretty much that's it and like the modern um,
1: equivalent is like all it takes is for a big playlist <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly i have i have no idea how to even um hit up these playlists like my management of course handles all that stuff but mm-hmm. um, yeah it it feels a bit more it's not it's not that difficult but it feels like there's a lot more steps to getting yourself heard these days
1: I'm actually so glad you brought up SoundCloud um, and the fact that and the fact that it was like part, it was like an inter- integral part of your of your come up to and the community aspect I think SoundCloud brought made the process of making music so much fun um, oh yeah even even like um, I'm sure you know Kate Renata. Yeah. Even when he blew up, he, he kind of just, um, posted the track F, uh, like, like I think as soon as he was done making it, he just posted it and he, and he woke up and it, and it pretty much blew up that can't happen in this day. And age. It's pretty much like what you said of there has to be, uh, like things feel as if they are somewhat forced. Like you always have to kind of think about, do I want to do a roller for this or not? Whereas before, who knows, like that might not even be a question. You could just like, uh, just put the song out, and that and that was it. That could that could uh, yeah. change change your life, pretty much.
0: Uh, nothing can ever beat that time. I wish I was um, I wish I was there when it was just starting, because like I was pretty much just late to the whole um, party. Like I noticed. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, I noticed that SoundCloud was particularly active from like 2013 up until like 2015 ish. I think. Um, and I wasn't really actively in that era of SoundCloud, and I wish I was. Wait, so when did you um, join the when did you join the SoundCloud uh, wave? Um, see here, I did make an account back in like 2013, but I wasn't actively using the website. I just thought it's some kind of like audio su- cloud storage thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And> then, um, <laughs> did the website and it made a bit more sense to me because like I was still really fresh on the internet back then as well I wasn't like I didn't know how things worked on the internet yeah actually to the point where um I didn't know how music was made either I didn't know um you could buy a laptop buy a software make music on the laptop like how how old were you at this point um oh my gosh I can't remember I'll, I'll have to look at an age calculator or something. I I really wish I really wish I was active back then, but it was you know. It's a uh, part of it was you know how strict my parents were with my usage. Mm. You know, like my parents are very strong Christians, um, and they've always wanted to control almost every aspect.
1: I feel, I feel, and if you could go back in time. What age would you be again, and what were what were the
0: soundtracks/slash albums that defined that uh, period? Um, I would say eighteen, because that's when I that's when I woke up and I was like, oh yeah, there's a whole community here and nice and everything. Like, if are we are we talking like, would I go back with the knowledge I have now, or would it like would I still have the same? mindset i had back then
1: let's make this hard you don't have the same knowledge dude i
0: would definitely go back yeah it was was a lot more fun um back then uh to you know just see the community grow up and like connect with different people (laughs) my mom always like I i would always be on my phone just texting my friends all the time my mom was like who are you texting all the time and i'm like nobody <laughs> um but who are you texting yeah. all the time us adrian who is now my manager uh, a lot of people in the community like have you you know chuck Sutton, right i don't unfortunately no oh you should listen to his stuff he's I'll put, that, I'll put that i
1: put it down over here
0: um he, uh, he has an album called I Don't Know What I'm Doing, <laughs> which ironically, the album does sound like he does know what he's doing because it's such a really good album. Okay. I think you'd like it. Um, yeah, what, you, the question was about what I was listening to back then. Yeah, at that age, 18. Okay. Uh, definitely a lot of dubstep, uh, future-based stuff. I looked. I used to look at a lot of um, labels that were very ha- active at the time, like um, Artist Intelligence Agency.
1: Dude, yes, um, yeah, they were yeah, massive yeah, on yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what was this? What was this other one called? You know, Hathion or something? I, I think it it had a very um,
1: like. The logo and feel of the brand was very mythical slash majestic. I think I know the vibe you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Uh, I was listening to a lot of um, SoundCloud artists like Saturn, Kidronada, um, Sorrow, Skrillex, Diplo, uh, all the EDM giants Mm. today, basically. Mm, I feel. And actually, there was a
1: piece that I wrote about i can't remember what it was like i think it was particularly about future 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 beats and i think um edm's rise to popularity i think gave birth to to mainstream to to mainstream consciousness i think gave birth to a lot of other genres too and gave gave those genres space to to thrive in the mainstream like future base for instance i think if it wasn't for um, edm kind of holding it down in the mainstream future base wouldn't have that limelight and also Kind of artists like uh, Slow Magic, Flume, like those alternative electronic acts. Um, yeah. yeah, like even though I'm not a big fan of EDM, I'm very grateful that it that it did what it did because we wouldn't have got um, got other electronic um, electronic um, acts that are able to break through the mainstream. And I think Medicine is also a good example of one of the um, one of the acts that were able that took advantage of the the um, the appeal of. EDM and electronica to the mainstream and were able to do their own thing with it Um, Yeah, and for those that actually don't know Josh is originally from Zambia and When he was young he moved to to the UK and my question for you is like being from Zambia How was it like having to adjust to a new way of life and the environment in the UK?
0: I moved to the UK in 2005 and Yeah, right off the bat I did not like the weather. Whoa. <laughs> right of that, the weather not, like we landed on the plane. Like after I got off the plane, I was like, Am I in a fridge? <laughs> it just just lived Zambia so with like all the nice hot weather and like, you know, and all of a sudden everything's cold, and you're like and then you kind of just discover like seasonal mood changes and it was, nah. Um, And getting used to accents (laughs) wasn't fun either. It got to the point where my school actually thought I might have ADHD or something or like some kind of attention. Oh, because because you couldn't entirely
1: register folks, people's accents very, oh, okay. And I think being in the, being in, in, in England, there are a range of different, um,
0: uh, accents as well I could imagine yeah, how tough that, I, was, that was oh yeah I particularly had trouble um, picking up the northern accent <laughs> <laughs> I think that also explains <laughs> like why I don't really have a British accent like I just never really I just had an um, uncomfortable connection to it because of like how people treated me like not not like um in a discriminate discriminatory is that a word i'm just like you know uh, like wait no i, I don't want to badmouth anything but um mm-hmm. you know of course there would be because of the color of my skin there would be people treating me differently and whether or not it was like to do with uh racism or prejudice um i didn't really let it get to me but uh, getting getting adjusted to how they do school as well. Like, they have a completely different schedule to what I had. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know how... it how, It's A-levels that you, that you guys do, right? Or is that high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and by structure, I mean, like, how each day goes. Like, you get up, go to school, finish school at, like, 12 in Zambia. and But whereas here, you finish at, like, 4 p.m. And you Wait, really you finish at 4 p.m.? Yeah. And this is like
1: grade five six right yeah but then, okay what time would you start then
0: I'd start at like 9 a.m. Let's whoa that's a.m. deep yeah. man how well, like what's the schedule like over there Dude, in my high school we finished
1: at three <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably okay yeah
0: that's that's deep yeah um I, but yeah in terms of getting used to the UK and Everything, uh, although it wasn't like a smooth transition, um, I'm still grateful that I made it through and d- didn't let it get to me too much. Mm. Um, but um, I, c- I can I can actually say like I've, I've enjoyed uh, my time in the UK because without being here, I wouldn't have known this music community, or I wouldn't be doing this right now because um I have a cousin back in Zambia. He's one of the best keyboard players in Zambia right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's made it as he plays for a band called the Elect Band and um I don't know I don't know how he managed to get that much success but um the last time I went to visit over there he used to tell me like oh it's really tough to break out in the music scene over here like you have to make a specific type of music otherwise people dude really yeah gravitate towards it mm. and um i don't think um well if i was still living in zambia right now i would have probably um taken up a hobby in art and maybe that would have turned into something um but music has always come to me easier than that. So it's really great that we did move here and I have all these mm. opportunities to do what I love. And your cousin, is it, is, is it your
1: cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah, your cousin is completely right. Like, I think there you are know, various parts of Africa where if you don't make particular genres, especially the ones that appeal to the masses more than good luck in terms of um, Kind of blowing up i think the only way you'd be able to do so is if you actually aim abroad rather than trying to appeal to everyone because um in places like malawi zambia um your afro beats slash dancehall slash um hip-hop but that kind of depends on the hip-hop that you even make um are, are other like even soul music i guess are, are the primary genres so if you come here with your uh, fucking Soul pads <laughs> <laughs> coming through with soul pads with your granular synthesis. Good luck, man. Like
0: <laughs> Oh my god. I have a I have a friend called Wheel. I don't know if you know Wheeler. He's such a legend. Um he's Zambian as well. Okay. And uh how do I spell M W I L A um if you ask anyone like in a niche part of the SoundCloud community who Wila is they'll tell you like oh he's he's amazing uh he only has one song up on his account right now but okay uh, right now a... oh no he has 3 now oh i think i guess he uploaded them back up but um yeah i went to visit when i went to visit zambia he was telling me like how hard it is for him to even find Artists to work with that he enjoys working with, because he has worked with some artists, but they always ask for a specific genre or a specific type of music, and that really just put him off producing entirely, and he just stopped. It. Wow. So went to school instead. I mean, he's doing well for himself, but um, he. he was ve- he's very talented if you hear his songs that says a lot about environment man oh yeah environment Ooh, wow. is very important if you want to do what you love talking um, about
1: environment um what kind of music was played in your family environment and how do you think that had an impact
0: on your taste <laughs> well i can't really say it had an impact well actually it kind of did but my parents <laughs> used to um, melody, okay, I think This is more
1: so a question for later on But, I mean, it's a free-flowing conversation You mentioned that Melodies From Heaven um, Is kind of like an ode to your Christian Background to an extent, if I'm not mistaken Right?
0: It is um, Honestly, that song was Something I just made Like, on the spot I didn't really, like, come up with the concept At first And, um, yeah, it it's just one of those things where you you kind of improvise a song mm-hmm. and then when it's time to release the song um an uh, a um music news article like asks you like oh what was the what was the inspiration behind this song and i'm like i don't know <laughs> so you just kind of make it up and that's what i went with so i feel if anyone was really thinking that, oh, this hes a Christian, like this is, I mean, I don't really want to get into um, my own beliefs, but like in one sentence, these days I'm kind of agnostic. I used to be, I used to be like very into um, religion and my parents' religion and Christianity and everything, but like these days um, I'm kind of starting to question it. Mm-hmm. and just trying to see what other options are there. Because, like, honestly, I just want to exist as a normal oh, person. Yeah. I don't want to be held back by a set of rules or a lifestyle or, like, be told I cannot do certain things because of so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I don't want it... In particular, in particular, I don't want it to um, influence how I my own image out there I just want to be able to be myself and um, just do whatever I want really Mm. instead of like worrying like oh what are my parents gonna think if I put this in a song or if I say this in my songs you know Mm -hmm. Uh, or like what what will God think because like (laughs) Uh every single (laughs) every single decision I made back when I was young was like Oh, what would what, what what would God say right now? What would the Bible say about this? But now I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, and, and that might I don't know if my parents or anyone from my family will see this interview, but <laughs> surprise, this is all I <laughs> <laughs> this <system. laughs>
1: man. I must say, this is I think it's been like like ten minutes in. And this is beautiful, really, because I think a lot of people know a lot about you from a musical standpoint. And through this through this conversation, through this like short, uh, we only ten minutes, and there's a lot more to cover. Um, I've gotten to know you, and I think a lot of people will get to know uh, who Josh is, actually. And that's really what I wanted to touch on more on the interview, because when it comes to your musical processes, dude, um, one could go to your <clears throat> one could go to your tw- your, your Twitch streams. There are uh, videos on you on Soul State. I Really love that channel. There are videos of you on on Soul states um, in terms of your musical process. But this is what I find. This is what I find special. The kind of um, kind of listening to conversations. Conversations. I get to. That get to allow someone to know the person behind um, all the sounds and all the sonic works that they that they do. So thank you for opening up um, your your heart, man. Thank
0: you. Um, of course. And as part of uh, being myself and doing what I want. So, you know, i bring up. the whole package.
1: <laughs> and when I, was, um, when I was going through, actually, yeah, it was the Secret Sky Set. I'm um, going back to that again. That's when I kind of got a taste of your taste. And then I started going through more and more interviews of you. And you mentioned a while back that uh, you got into Rock and then you got into uh, dubstep as well. And something I was thinking about, um, like growing up black, especially in the mid 2000s, there's plenty of stigma that we're into hip hop, R&B and genres related to soul. In your case, like I mentioned, you were into rock and then also dubstep and other forms of electronic. When you were younger, did you have any experience where people would try to box you in or made, made, uh, made you to feel weird because of the mismatch, inverted commas, between the color of your skin and your taste?
0: yeah especially like I was a big social outcast in school, so that's another thing that um i like I didn't really it it kind of got to me a little bit, but eventually I stopped caring. I was like, yeah if people won't don't listen to the kind of thing that I listen to, then you know it's, it's fine like you just it have what yeah for that. yeah, um, there was definitely a lot of uh That feeling of being boxed in, because a lot of my friends are like, "You're black. You should like rap." And I'm like, I don't (laughs) particularly enjoy. I'll I'll, I'll enjoy a good beat over some like um, really good rhymes and like try to listen to the lyrics, Um, and like I I really I really like to I really like to dig for the good stuff instead of like being. Listening to what I was being fed all the time mm-hmm. on the radio or from my friends. Um, but in terms of being in a box and being black and all this stuff, there was like a lot of pressure to listen to um, grime, which I wasn't really into. Oh, wow. Still not, really? Yeah, yeah. Still not into grime or drill these days. I don't understand it. But I have a feeling that in order to truly enjoy that genre of music, you have to be deep in the culture of, um, well, you have to be deep in UK culture to like really appreciate those kind of genres. And I just, yeah. Well, you don't have to be, you can still like enjoy it in your own time. But like, personally, I have found it hard to like, um, you know, be, deep in the uk scene enough to actually appreciate these kind of genres um i sometimes wonder if it's to do with um my rough entry into getting used to the uk oh yeah yeah. it didn't go well but um yeah just never really I, i did no matter how hard i try i can just never Like what someone else is liking, unless like there's some good stuff that someone's came to show me, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. I can, I can fuck with this. I like this, but everything else, um, and just how, just the feeling of how it's it's like a requirement to to do
1: that. that, That is the word. Requirement is a great summary of of what the stigma is like.
0: It's uh, it's so it it can it can be lonely. Like it's big and it's things like this in particular that just really make me appreciate when I meet up with my musical friends in real life. Um it's just very refreshing to um hear someone say, Oh, I know what um who medicine is, oh I know who this is, I know who um joji is or something like that you know mm, it's mm. so refreshing that makes the always... comments that's like the start of an interesting conversation <laughs> like, as soon as you as soon as we started this interview and you said oh kawaii bass i was like yes oh my <laughs> <guy."> <laughs> so at the time your music began
1: picking up uh, st- um, at the time your music began picking up steam that was online you were still actually in university what made you go to into into animation and
0: what was the hardest part about having to balance uni and music um of course the hardest part of balancing any thing like music or any hobby is you know leaving your uni deadlines and studying sure. up for exams and yeah uh, going to your lectures all the time, um, also balancing that with a social life, like just trying to get out there and meet people in university and trying to get in, get to know a few people just so you're not you know, doing things by yourself. Um, but also at the same time, I didn't balance that stuff very well. I did music a lot more than um, <laughs> my, actual, my actual uni work. I do not regret it one bit, do not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, what was the other thing you asked me? Said something about animation. Um, the reason I did animation in uni was because I, I mentioned it earlier that I used to be into art and if I wasn't doing music, I'd be doing art right now. Um, I used to animate a lot back when I was younger, like when I was like 17, 18. Um, I used to have like, did did you ever mess around with Pivot, by any chance in school or anything like that? Pivot, Pivot. It's like um, it's a program for animating stick figures. They have like these joints that you pose. <laughs> that sounds funny. The next frame. Yeah, it's it was it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I used to mess around with that, and then I got into another program called um, Flash, where you literally draw the frames by yourself or it was, you played Flash games, right? Like, back in the day. Flash as in the red guy, the speed the speed guy. No. Um, so, did you ever hear of, like, Miniclip websites like that back in the Yo, day? No, this is a different world. Oh, okay. Um, so, back when, back in the internet when they still used html 4 or 3 i don't know dude like where Um, were you when we were watching dragon ball z dude like what were you doing (laughs) (laughs) drawing the characters actually (laughs) like i never really i never really like had access to any episodes of dragon ball z i need to catch up man i'm (laughs) I'm missing out on a very integral part of anime history right now (laughs) i need to start watching that but Um, yeah go on (laughs) Yeah, um, also my brother used to, so I used to practice drawing the characters from Dragon Ball Z, and um, I had an older adopted brother at the time that was really into drawing, like he's the one that got me into drawing, like I used to watch him do it and I was like, oh, I want to do that, like that's really cool, he was really good at it too, so after that, um, the more I drew, the the more I wanted to start drawing my own characters and I wanted to start kind of animating my own shows but yeah literally did animation because i was really into drawing and i did i didn't really see myself doing anything else um i I, i'll I'll admit i wasn't really a big academic i wasn't the kind of person that would be like oh i want to do engineering in university or maths or english or english literature or anything like that i was just like creative 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 like all the way through were you kind
1: of, were you kind of um, I don't want to use the word forced, but for lack of a better word, forced to go to university? Yes. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> had, I had a feeling. I'm actually even a tad surprised how you were
0: allowed to do animation. Yeah, like, I guess it was, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was uh, you know, I'll take what I can get. Type of situation, like if this is something I can do to get into uni, I was like, yeah, "Mm -hmm. I'll just do it anyway, even though um, I wasn't ready. But I really did need the independence. I think the the best thing I learned to do in uni was independence, because you know I was like very reliant on my parents, like every other kid is basically, and. You know, um, getting out there, getting out into the world, and doing stuff on my own, doing stuff at my own pace, was um, a really good way to learn how things work out here in the real world. <laughs> I think uh, somewhere else you
1: also mentioned that one of the gifts Uni got you was the relationships that you made in in university. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I think that's a like I was. I think when I was listening or reading that interview, I think it was either the podcast that you did with uh with fox with it or an interview you did with them but you 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 spoke about uni and you spoke about the relationships from uni it kind of got me reflecting on my experience at uni and 100 percent the two things that uh were beneficial was the internet connection firstly <laughs> <laughs> yes yes the uh, yeah like the uh, internet connection that i have access to and also, yeah, the 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 friends that I that I that I met, especially because they kind of are the gateway into various interests and hobbies as well. Uh, was that the same for you in terms of your relationships that you made in university?
0: Um, yes and no, because of course you'll meet all sorts of people, and it's just a matter of trying to fit in their life. Like you don't have to force yourself to fit in anyone's life, really. But um, I think the relationships i made in uni were very very beneficial in terms of um just knowing how to handle myself and uh learning little things here and there like i'll expose myself a little bit here (laughs) one time (laughs) well it's not it's not it's nothing bad really but like there was this one t- like just learning little things here like I was I was also really new to drinking as well and um there was this one moment where I poured myself a glass of beer and then I put ice cubes in it <laughs> <laughs> everyone was staring at me like what are you doing I was like what I want it I want it to be cold you don't put ice cubes in beer what are you doing <laughs> like that's just gonna water it down I can like, imagine how little... angry
1: everyone was around you dude yeah,
0: they were <laughs> pissed <laughs> they were so pissed <laughs> I was only learning um but many other things like of course independence um learning to live with um people you've never lived with and like you know making sure that you're polite to them and they're polite mm. to you and you're, you vibe with them. And um, I was very grateful to be with people. I actually enjoyed being with um, from my animation class. Cause we were all into the same things. We loved, we loved video games. We were into anime. Um, we would gather every night to watch um, a movie or a TV that show. So or, cool. literally, or literally just look at memes <laughs> or something. Um, or um we would have like a night out every Friday and just like hang out and we wouldn't really get bored of each other. And I really, I really miss um, my friends from uni. Like it was a really, if I could go back that's actually another time I would like to go back (laughs) if we're going back to the other question. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nice. And at which, at which moment did you realize that the possibility of going full time into music and making a career out of it was actually becoming a reality?
0: Um, I would, I'd say it actually just snuck up on me. I wasn't really like gunning for like a full-time career in music. Cause I really didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, just release music. Just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Um, when I met my manager, Adrian, like about four years ago, how'd you guys meet? Um, literally on SoundCloud actually. I'm actually very grateful for SoundCloud, um, for that aspect of um, you just message somebody. And if you both make good music, you're just instantly friends. You're you're now like (laughs) if you like someone's music and they like your music, you're just friends now. And it's um, (laughs) one of the most, yeah one of the best ways to connect, really. Um, But yeah, my manager literally hit me up when he was running this music blog called Secret Shores. Did an interview with me and I noticed at the time he was managing um, another artist called Maxime. Um, He makes like indie pop, really good indie pop. But before that, he was really into his EDM and his dubstep and all that. Um, I noticed my manager was managing him and I was like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Could you help me? I don't know how to promote music. I don't know how to put my music on Spotify. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. That's oh. very cool of you to put yourself out there like that In terms of being yeah. like, yo man,
1: I don't know what's going on In X, Y, Z places
0: Your help would be much appreciated Power to you, continue please <clears throat> um, Yeah, we just did like a, I just said, yo, know, we can do A trial run of you just managing me And then we can see how it goes And um, we did really well After after that Like My manager was also learning He's come such a long way, honestly um, He was also learning at the time also had no idea what he was doing, but he really wanted to do something with music. He actually does make music himself, um, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is which really has helped him in terms of like, uh, relating to each other. Cause like when nice. I start talking about production, when we get into a call, I can go on and on and on. <laughs> and he tolerates me just like <laughs> on about like nonsense for hours on end. Um and it's good that he has the production background, but like um wait, was this was not a question about my manager. What was what was the question again?
1: The moment you realized that the possibility
0: of going full-time into music was becoming a reality. Oh, okay. So my manager helped me realize this. He was like, yo, if you continue at this pace, you're gonna make a pretty decent living off music. And I did not believe him at first, but then you know, the, 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 the pay, the pay and the royalties just started coming in bit by bit and which year was this, um, I would say around like 2018 or so. Um, so I just started to notice like, you know, little bits of royalties come in, like, you know, 20 and then we came 50 each month and then hundred and so forth. That was the year catharsis came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. um, Wow, even I didn't know that. <laughs> it's just this whole thing with like artists not remembering what songs they made or when they made them. I find it pretty funny. <laughs> like, um, geez, I'm supposed to know my own tracks. But yeah, the money started coming in and, you know, my manager speculated like, oh, by this, by this year, you're going to make a decent amount of money. Trust me. Uh, I didn't believe him at first, but like, when i mentioned it snuck up on me it really did sneak up on me it just slowly creeped in like oh now you can now you have enough money to move out of your parents house and be independent that's beautiful (laughs) and uh yeah it's really it's really amazing honestly um i would not trade it for anything else and how did
1: your parents um react when they found out that
0: it was music that helped you move out um they're bits they're still on the fence to it <laughs> oh my wow yeah well mostly my dad my mom's very supportive um she actually is one of the only ones that, that like buys my merch like sees what I'm doing on social media um whenever when, whenever a, a bunch of time has passed between the last time I saw her I'm like oh I've been doing this been doing that it's just like wow that's that's amazing um, my dad on the other hand like he does acknowledge it and he was um, he was one of those people that was like nah you shouldn't do music like it, it, I mean at least if you're, if you're gonna do music at least have a backup plan um, and he was like kind of against it because you know there's this whole um, reputation of the music industry being evil or bad or like there's people you need to watch out for and I I, it kind of almost made me feel like everyone's out to get you but it really isn't like that mm-hmm. I've, I think my experience of the music and like of course the music industry is bad but um my experience in the music industry in terms of connecting with people joining communities networking um has always been positive like as long as you treat people in the industry as people, you're gonna go far
1: in that sense. Uh, and of course, having good music, uh, yeah. I mean, that's also that's actually also very questionable. I don't think you have to have good music to go far. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, like which, basically what you said. Um, and talking about, we spoke about animation uh, early on and I'm quite curious, um, what would you say are among the visual inspirations that have impacted your sonic aesthetic? Any movies, um, series, or anything like that? Or maybe even um, autistic artistic works?
0: Um, I was really inspired by a lot of cartoons from Cartoon Network back in the day.
1: Oh, um, here yeah. we go. Classic. <laughs> here classic. we go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I wish you could I could show you my wallpaper. wallpaper.
1: Oh, damn. I have a wallpaper on my phone, and... Um, it's a yeah. Here's, here's here's a good question. It's a plank. Guess where that plank is from. Ed and an Eddy. Oh, ten points. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, wait. Yeah. The plank. Plank was one of my favorite characters. In oh, for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how how are cartoons uh, like? How, how do they play a role? Um. Okay. It wasn't particularly cartoons it was mostly video games actually oh yeah i was very i've i've always been big on video games the soundtrack that has the most influence in my sound or was a good entry level into the music that i listened to was sonic adventure one and um sonic heroes and I was really, I, I'm a big Sonic fan. Well, I'm not, I'm not like massive, massive Sonic fan, like not like obsessed or dedicated, <laughs> like <a> Really, <laughs> You sound so obsessed. Dude. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, like I'm not, I was obsessed when I was a kid, but like, I'm still, I still like keep up with it. You know, i still, mm. keep, I keep up with the movies. I watched the second movie a while back. It was pretty good. Um, but the soundtracks of the video games, like everyone can vouch that the, the the Sonic, the Hedgehog soundtracks have always been the highlight of every game. Like the games, some of the games haven't really done well because, you know, they messed up. Um, Something to do with uh, growing up with the fan base because they try to make sure that Sonic is still for kids and adults at the same time. Wow! Um, so it's very challenging. Yeah, i I'm, I really feel for game develop triple um, A game companies because they they just they're just under a lot of pressure. Um. Just striking that balance is very difficult, but yeah, um, the soundtracks of. Sonic games are what got me into rock, and then eventually that's how I became a dubstep kid. Um, in terms of aesthetic, um, there used to be a bunch of racing games I used to listen to. Uh, there was this one called Sega Touring Car Championship. It's a very, very old game. It's that sounds really so sound underground, dude. That sounds it's like super, very...
1: super underground.
0: <laughs> it had like this very really good techno um soundtrack in it yeah that i really liked um but i didn't actively listen to techno back then because i didn't know who the artists were um like i wasn't really listening to like prodigy you know that kind of that kind of sound at the time i wish i did i i have listened to prodigy as in the the group from the uk
1: I don't think that's techno man but it's yeah. not nah
0: dude you sure
1: 100
0: <laughs> i'd say it's more breakbeat ish but yeah 100
1: yeah. percent breakbeat um actually I'm a, I'm a tad i'm a tad surprised because i feel as if in past interviews and um podcasts um there's a I feel as if, I'm, like, the person I'm talking to now is different from the person I've seen in previous interviews. Um, there seems to be a bit more vibrancy. Um, there's a, um, I guess there's a, <clears throat> a reputation of you being uh, quite a, a, an introvert that you also uh, portray through your music as well. But this is a different side of, of
0: Black City. Um, really? Well, what's been going on lately, man? I guess just maturing in general. Mm and um, just fixing those aspects of my life. Like now that I'm more, I I never really knew what anxiety was, but now that I'm more aware of it, um, I'm taking small steps to um, getting myself to the point where I'm like, I'm more outgoing, more confident, Mm -hmm. Um, just developing the patience to sit through a conversation with someone and, like, keep it going, you know? Or, like, just trying to be more extroverted, but not to the point where I, like, drain myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I keep thinking, like, I can't be introverted for long if I'm going into an industry such as this because it relies heavily on connections. And if I literally get drained from um, having conversations with someone that won't really help me um, make friends. Like I, I've been guilty of um, avoiding people like back when I was like, back, back when I was um, really just getting to know myself. I've I've, um, God, where am I going with this? (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. Just, relating to people has been a big struggle in my life and um these days i'm just trying to actively be putting myself out there and um i've generally i've genuinely also just been discord is a really good resource for chatting to people in the industry um or just talking to friends in general cuz um like i said i wasn't really the most talkative person but um yeah now I'm trying harder these days I'm just just a bit different to like what I was back then I was a bit more nervous and um just not knowing what people were thinking all the time Mm -hmm. I I still kind of struggle with that but you know I'm, I'm, I'm improving at it yeah, I'm a bit surprised that you're also saying that you
1: find it tough to relate with people because my conversation with you has been seamlessly relatable. It actually seems as if I, like you, someone I know from, from high school or something like that. So this has been a very seamless kind of conversation. Also because I think tastes align very easily. And I think um, there was like certain stuff I was able to pick up on like uh, I, when, I, when we were talking about when I asked you if you were forced to go to university or not, and how you yeah. were surprised that you were chose that, that you could choose animation, so I also like with similar kinds of experiences and yeah, I definitely think that could be just in your head, man. the whole thing about being uh, it being tough to relate to people because I could see yeah. you, I, could, I could see you relating to people very very easily. Um, Yeah, 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 that could be be a story that you're you're perhaps holding on to.
0: Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that part of just being social in general is a matter of practice because, like, I always tell myself, well, everyone should tell themselves at some point that they have a lot of potential to be better than they were yesterday. So, you know, once you're able to pick yourself up and, take the steps towards self-improvement, then it's really, you know, it's really just a matter of time until you, Mm. you're proud of yourself and you like yourself more and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: I And what kind of helped you kind of, um, for lack of a better term, blossom? Um, any kind of books or maybe even practices?
0: Um, well, no books, just friends. Um, I had just the squad. I had a lot of yeah, yeah, the squad. <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of help from friends. Um, and yeah, that independent, the gaining independence in uni really helped as well. And just like being able to. Be here by myself and um, like just do things at my own pace has really helped as well. Um, also, friends in the industry, like I talk to my friend Hans all the time, and we're pretty much you, you know Hans, right? He's a German producer, right? Uh, he's from Norway, actually. Mm-hmm. Basically, me and Hans are literally the same person, and we try to support each other, like. Having someone um, who is very relatable to yourself or to myself has been really helpful in self-improvement and like just being able to know that someone out there is going through the same thing you are is like a very comforting thing. Mm, And I just start to realize like, okay, the world, the world isn't so bad. I can navigate through it if I try and It's just accepting that you will fall on your face many times before you improve. Like you will learn not to fall on your face if you keep doing that. And that's something I've been trying to put into practice lately. Um, But yeah, I think (laughs) there wasn't, yeah, the biggest thing that's helped, really helped me out is friends. I should really pick up a book or something <laughs> as well. Because, uh, I think that would help a lot more than, <laughs> uh, it would help a lot when the friends aren't there, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way I interpret friends, I'm hearing the word support system. And also with, with a homie like uh, Hans, there's almost like um, the feeling that you're not alone and whatever you're going through. And that you have someone there to to hit up, be like, "Yo, dude, uh, I'm going to X, Y, and Z." Um, I keep saying X, Y, and Z. I'm just <laughs> anyway, I'm going through. I'm hey, going man. through. Like,
0: I, that's a, like I, you know, like when people put fillers in the, in in between their sentences, like, like that's a, that's an acceptable way of communicating. I've always thought like my dad <laughs> was my dad was like very determined to make me stop saying filler words, filler words like, mm, eh, like, I say like a lot. And, you know, it, uh-huh. I can see why my dad used to like, tell me to stop saying that. But, um, if ever, if anyone wants to communicate in that way, they should without being, you know, too conscious about it. Cause like how you should be listening to the quality, not like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I know, presentation tone is very important when you speak and Mm -hmm. you know you have to be like very well spoken to be respected but for those that uh, uh, for those where respect doesn't come very easily like you should honestly hear them out sometimes because you might miss a lot of things like um, that's actually also another reason why I make music in the first place like I really intended my music to be for those people that were underrated in school or something like I was and they need like a sense of hope to know that, okay, they're not, I think, I think that's pretty much what every artist aims to do with their art. But like, you know, just telling someone that they're not alone and their music Mm. helps them through a hard time or something is what I want to do with my music. And also, it's it's that and also like just um the progression of my production as well um because it, it my like getting better at my craft always feels exponential well not necessarily exponential like it's semi-exponential it's like the it's like this it's like this sometimes like this but like it's still going up exponentially <laughs> mm-hmm. but um the the whole thing where you make music for someone out there who feels bad about themselves and wants to improve is like what I want to achieve with my own stuff. True to else?
1: Um, this is actually a perfect segment. <laughs> I, feel like into...
0: I feel like I digressed a lot there. <laughs> yeah, we went from XYZ
1: to <laughs> no, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And um, you kind of alluded to the fact that there's much more to like city than just the actual sound, than just the actual music itself. Like there's a, a kind of narrative that people can also hold on to as they're listening to to the music. And your debut album, I must say, is emotionally rich. We're talking about catharsis here. In case you forgot, uh, <laughs> and this is um, like heightened by the orchestral arrangements and the cinematic the cinematic edge that it has. I'm curious as to what was going on in your life during the creation of catharsis.
0: Um, in, in, in one word relationships just trying and failing and trying and failing and just having a going through the motions of dating as well like the story is about a boy and a girl that meet and the boy puts invests all of himself into the relationship basically the man simps, the girl doesn't like it, she walks away, hurts him, and then he goes through some stuff and um, ends up meeting someone else at the end, which is kind of reflective of like um what happened to me. But um I'll just say like my <laughs> I've been I've been single for like two years now and I just don't want I don't really feel like trying anymore. Um but at the time it was um yeah, it was uh just, just emotions were flying during that time and after that, um I just decided to write a write what I was feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was
0: also I was also playing Kingdom Hearts at the time and I was really into the because it's such a it's a game with a lot of orchestral uh music in it. Mm-hmm. And the main theme is just something that I um I always come back to and listen to to this day because it's just so timeless and iconic. And that's um that's actually what influenced the orchestra part of Catharsis as well. Um and just the I just had the desire to create orchestra pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Like I was I am not like I'm not like big on listening to um classical music or anything <laughs> like that, but <laughs> I really like the sound of the orchestra. And I tried yeah. to find the best ways to recreate something as emotionally rich as Catharsis was. Or, um, or at least try to recreate the same emotions I felt playing Kingdom Hearts.
1: What is Kingdom and Hearts,
0: episode? by the way? It's, it's a game, right? It is a game. It is a, the story of it is very complicated. We would be sitting here for at least eight hours if I was explaining the whole plot. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's basically, you've heard of Final Fantasy, right? Yes. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is Final Fantasy and Disney clashed wow. together. It's really good. Um, they, actually announced, they actually announced Kingdom Hearts 4. Uh, but like, the plot of the games are very confusing. Um, but the soundtracks, the gameplay, and all the characters, I I love I love how they're presented, and that's something that stuck with me, and that's something I like to implement in my in my songs as well. So you would say um, that um,
1: v- uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, like the question that we were talking about on, earlier on, in terms of the visual ref- visual references that kind of influence your 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 aesthetic at that time Kingdom Hearts was was one of them for catharsis
0: yeah definitely that's,
1: that's tight and before you dropped the album you actually traveled to, to Montreal to play your first concert that's crazy dude that actually ended up like your first massive concert ended up also being in a different country which is also kind of crazy um, what oh, right. was yeah yeah <laughs> what was some of the insights and lessons
0: you walked away with after being in Montreal um Well, the, the biggest one is that I actually want to move there one day. It's really good. Unfortunately, the average house over there apparently is a million dollars. I what? don't know if you heard that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I oh, but think- but also, keep in mind how cold it is in Montreal, dude. So you, you better start adjusting. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, this England weather was entry-level. I'm pretty sure Canada is on all- Bro, when my manager came to visit me in the in England, he showed up in a hoodie, and I was like in a like two layers of coats, and I was like, "Are you not cold?" It was like, "No, it was no, I'm chilling. It's actually quite warm." (laughs) (laughs) warm? You're warm right now. I'm like, what? No, okay. Um, but yeah, some of the insights that I learned. Hmm, what did I learn? Well, I learned that Montreal is really good or a scene um Trenada the, was there as well. Um well uh, we At the same at the same concert. No 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 no. Um not not at the concert but be, a few days before the concert. We went to K. Trenada's cousin's EP release party. Lou Phelps. And I think so yes. Yeah, he's cool. Um, he's cool. yeah. Uh it was really it was a really nice perspective to see like we were at this party, we're at the party, and um it was really interesting to see a mixture of people dressed in like full on formal attire. And then you've got like your hipsters in the back, like just wearing like streetwear. And some people literally showed up in their pajamas. It was like very mixed, <laughs> very mixed um, atmosphere there. Like there were a lot of label owners and managers and like industry people over there that were. um that were just like attending the party and um, I got to talk to like one or two of them uh, that my manager knew and like it was um, from I realized that oh, that was the point I realized like holy shit there's a lot of people to meet and memorize and like know who manages who and what artist is which and blah 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 Um, I also learned that that was the first time I learned that in Montreal they speak French which I was I was very confused when I landed I was like am I in the right country <laughs> like right off the bat the, the security guard was like t- speaking French and then he switched to English when he realized I was speaking English I was like I was like yo uh, what 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 like is there am I in France right now or something um, and my manager also speaks French, which was like something uh, like I really got to know my manager when I went to Montreal um, mm-hmm.
1: and seeing his world as well.
0: Yeah, because like, you know, just meeting for a call like once or twice a week is not enough. Like just seeing where he grew up, um, where he lives and who his friends are was like very interesting. Um, we just went to see, before the concert, went to see all the sites. Um, it was really lovely over there. Went to a few museums, um, some really nice gardens, um, some pop up shops as well, and uh, a few shows here and there. But uh, the whole experience of like playing a show in Montreal, um, they were very open to anything. Like there was this point in my set where I played. Um, a short indie song by phoenix. i don't know if you know of phoenix yeah sing?
1: they made the track um Litsomnia. um they made the track rome yeah they yes. were among the first um uh bands that got me into india as well continue
0: yeah mm. i had like a i had a dj set with like a ton of variety and everyone was just open to every single song like i'm pretty sure if i threw a show over here If I if I threw a show over here and um, I didn't I wasn't as known as I am now. People wouldn't like it over here because of the whole, you know, fitting in a box and requirements and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But um, yeah, over there, just everything just felt a lot more comfortable and it felt like all my U.S. friends were just literally within reach. Um, you do you know you know Jay Hooch, right? As uh The whole vapor twitch scene. The name rings above, um, but I don't. Um. Okay. He's just an. He's just another pre- uh, friend of mine who I used to. Um. Well, I still talk to every every so often these days, but like um. And his name is Josh as well, hence the J. Jo- yeah. In his name, yeah. Um. Yeah, he literally drove. I forget which con- which state it was from, but he drove from one state all the way to Montreal, literally just to see me. That's <laughs> and, tight. Uh, That's yeah, tight. I was like, "What?" It was really cool to meet him as well. Like we're both we both use FL, and we did like a little um, short collab, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, just that whole aspect of friends easily being within within reach and just seeing them in person uh, seeing how um different Montreal is to the UK honestly I would love to move there it was just very comfortable it was a lot more comfortable and like like I'm sure you've noticed already like I speak in an American-ish accent you know
1: (laughs) um, about that about that dude like you would pass for a South African man. Like that accent of yours, you sound South African like 90%. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. If you were were here, like I would, oh yeah, this guy probably grew up down like up the road me or something. (laughs) 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 So So it's mainly, it's mainly because of the, um, like you can't really place it very much. Like it's not British. It's not American. There's like a, there's a, it's not Australian neither. So there's, there's just a, a blend between a range of, of, of dialects and, and sounds. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we have going on uh, here. So you'd pass for for South African too.
0: <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: and like um, ar- around the time you, um, I think, yeah, after you you played at Montreal, and then after uh, the album dropped, it seemed as if things were just going up and up. As you signed with Alt Vision uh, the year after, although in um, in a past interview you mentioned that you were actually quite anxious signing with them. What was your idea of being a signed artist in the music industry, and what made you anxious to sign with uh, Alt Vision? And to elaborate uh, to, to the folks that know, to the, to the to the folks that don't know Alt Vision, um, they have. Uh, it's a it's a record label. They have acts such as well Black City, uh, Medicine, um, Young Franco.
0: Um, those are the three that come to mind uh, right now. Uh, Wolfgang Gardner as well, I think. Um, but yeah, I was the main reason I was anxious is because in the end, this whole career is ra- ran by like real people and companies and businesses and whatnot so you know just not knowing who you're signing with like the p not knowing the people um behind the label is like a bit nerve-wracking because you don't know if you can trust them and like they they did they did really well honestly like to help me with my two ep releases during the time i was signed to them but um before i actually got on board i was um a little bit skeptical um but they did really well with the releases they helped me with certain things like getting verified on my socials which is like still i i honestly i'm not used to it to this day like just having the blue tick like i still i still feel like i should be one of those people that keeps it low-key and stays at, like, 5K followers, but they're <laughs> still, like, in the, they're still deep in the business side of music, and they're still doing things here and there. Um, but the fact, another thing that just made me con- um, conscious about signing with Alt Vision was the fact that they are uh, they are a um, sub-label of, um, oh, my God, what was it? I think it was universal, I think there was sub label of universal, so like and my, and my it's it's the whole thing where um before I actually got into music, like put my all into music, and my dad was telling me like, you know, be careful if anyone tries to mess on with you, like you know, just be vigilant, just be alert and read every single contract you get before you actually sign it um, there was that aspect as well where. We were going back and forth with the contract, like just trying to figure out uh, just trying to reach a compromise where we're like, okay, you take this percentage, I'll take this percentage, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um that that was like, okay, if we're fighting mm-hmm. for if we're fighting for royalty percentages, then this might not work out the way I want it to. But um it really did. Um I also got to meet well, not not necessarily like meet, but like I got to know um, Hunter, who's uh, who works at AltVision. Vision. Um, it Benito and Adam, the founders of Alt Vision, were very. They 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 were, they were they had their own stuff going on, so it was really hard to like you know talk to them and like text them because they were really busy. But Hunter, um, really chill guy. He was actively answering every question I had. Nice. Made the whole thing a lot more comfortable, um, and it, you know, just having that reassurance from the people that work on a label, like, "Oh yeah, we've got we've got you covered. Like, we'll handle this, handle that. You just focus on the music, focus on promoting it yourself, and um, you know, everything will fall into place." Um, and once liking. I got in,
1: continue. Sorry, once once you got in, I can continue. I'll mention afterwards.
0: Um, yeah, once I got in, it was just like, so it's it's it was the same feeling you get when you like jump head, jump, jump straight into a pool of water. Like it's cold at first and then you just like, you know, you get used to it eventually.
1: I feel, I feel, that's, that's tight, that's tight. And I like the fact, I like, uh, some of the new signings as well. Uh, they have this new group called 53 Thieves, um, on there, um, so so yeah, I think they are really on the um, like the kind of artists they they sign. Like they really are on a hunch for what's what's new, uh, somewhat early, somewhat early. Um, and then the
0: fifty three th- thieves,
1: fifty three thieves. Huh. what's up? Do okay. you know them?
0: Oh, I was just like yeah, I the name just sounds very familiar, but I didn't know. You said they're assigned to old vision.
1: Well, a lot of their recent singles have been through um, AltVision. So m- they might have a deal, like maybe a, a six-track, or maybe even 10-track deal for the year or something like that. But okay. uh, before them, before Alt Vision, they used to release with Majestic Casual. And now I see that um, they, they align with Altvision. And this is a great segue. Um, they have a Galimatius-type sound. and Oh, really? And I'm aware yeah. that Gal- Galimatius was a producer that fucked your
0: world up, man. <laughs> uh, can you For tell real. can you tell us more oh about my that God. i don't i don't even know how i've not mentioned him yet um i'm pretty sure you know that album with alina Baraz. like man
1: oh, <laughs> oh.
0: oh. oh. oh i think like, like the production
1: there is so crisp and it came out at a time where that sound was gotten fresh as well like yes we've um heard of like electronic r&b vibes but that also had like a classical tone to it it was musical and the sound design was was was, it was amazing uh yeah like for for the longest of time like that's a that that was the standard for 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 a lot
0: of producers actually for for the longest of time and he mixed i heard he mixed that on ipod earphones (laughs) like that's what I just uh that's that's um a level of skill i really would love to reach because that's just very impressive like the whole album itself the way gala like mixes alina baraz's vocals like i saw i once read an interview that alina baraz was surprised that how much difference a producer makes when it comes to production um, I'm really I'm really sad that that's the that's all we'll ever get from those two and like mm. nothing else will ever come out for a while. Um and like but like it was really a nice full circle thing for me to also write a remix for Arlena Baraz. Well. Yeah and it was like I had to I tried my best to put the Gallimatea sound in um in that remix. Um, although it didn't really do as well as, as I hoped, um, I had a lot of fun making the song, honestly. And it was just, in general, it was just such a big honor to work with, oh, I forgot the, la- the name of this label. Yeah, it will come to me later. But just, just to have that s- small connection to Alina Baraz was like really, Mind-blowing. And also, I found out a long time ago that Gala Mathias sometimes uses my drums for my sample pack in his tracks. And I was like, he literally told me himself. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like so He stuff. told you? Yeah. And when I, did you guys meet? No, no. Like, um, he sent me a DM on Instagram. Oh. Yo, uh, love your, stu- loved your sample packs. I use them in, um, in pop things as well. I was like, what? Really? Um, yeah, I've got it right here. Like, yo, oh. medicine put, he said, medicine, put me onto that sample pack you made together. I've been using it quite a bit. It's so good. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Was, <laughs> that's just such a... a lot full circle of full moment. Circle, that, that's Yeah. Yeah. A lot of full circle moments have happened. Uh, but that one is the one that's just really blown my mind the most. No, actually, it's second. Porter Robinson. Yeah, Porter Robinson is the first. How was that full circle? I, um i've been listening to porter since the spitfire um ep came out and when he like the first actually the first song i um really really liked by him was language and that's that song is so timeless like if if he released it today i'm sure it would like explode it would just like it would explode and maybe somehow bring back um house music. I'm pretty, I'm very certain it would do that. Um, But how the the thing happened with Porter Robinson Robinson was like, he was streaming randomly one time, and then someone just tweeted at me saying, yo, uh, Porter just mentioned that he likes your music on stream. And they sent me a mod on Twitch. And um uh, I noticed that he's still streaming and then I hop on and then I say, Yo, thank you for thank you for um sending s- saying this nice thing about my music. And like uh the entire chat was like, Yo, Lexi's he's in the chat right now, and then Porter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh he, he, he happened to be playing um a VR game called Population One and uh asked asked to play with me i was bro i was shitting myself the whole time (laughs) i was um i was really trying to concentrate on like playing the game with him and i was like i had so many questions but i had to just hold back on and like just let Mm. him speak the whole time and then uh a month later i just get an email saying yo uh would you like to play?" i get an email from adrian my manager saying yo would you like to play secret sky and bro I, I wanted to go above and beyond for my Secret Sky performance. So I literally booked out um a full-on like green screen studio mm-hmm. and they had like these really good really good cameras that they used to record my set. Um I wish I had more time because I would have done a lot more to the visuals. Like I did all the visuals. Myself. Yeah, they were, uh,
1: they were very compelling. They were very compelling and they worked quite well with the music too. Um, oh yeah,
0: definitely. Talking about quarter um, and
1: talking about the various influences for you, what does the term steal like an artist mean? Um, for, from some of your Twitch streams, I've seen, it's, um, I've seen that you kind of reinterpret ideas and made them into your own, but in a way that sounds very fresh and I, I think it's great
0: to, to watch. But uh, yeah, what does the term for you steal like an artist mean? um well in one word i think i think that just basically the baseline the whole thing is just like influence um but you can yeah the whole steal from an artist thing is like very literal you can like steal certain parts of like how an artist does things and you won't exactly recreate them in the same way but you you make them in your own way and Mm -hmm. You know everyone makes music differently like from everyone from everyone that i've collabed with um like when someone sends me a project it, it, you you'll notice that everything's set up differently they use like different they either use a, a boatload of plugins that i've never heard of or <laughs> stock plugins and um you know the they steal you can notice that they steal some things from Uh, certain artists like whether it's a sample from their sample pack or a technique that they used or um, some kind of musical motif or melody that uh, another artist made like you can tell like oh yeah this is um, this is uh, something from this person Uh, but it it doesn't entirely sound like this Mm. person they've just made it their own thing Um, that's Honestly, something that I love to do a lot in my own music. Um, we talked about Gala Matias. And um, I released a song called Count Pake way back like when I was starting out and like slowly getting better at music. And that was heavily influenced by um, what is that one song called? Pretty Thoughts. Yeah, Pretty Thoughts by Alina, Alina Baraz and um, Gala Matias. It's just that whole like airy, dark sound that I really liked. And I took that and just being able to just look at one thing and be like, okay, this is how it's made. And then you can like, just, it's like taking someone else's Play-Doh model and like, let's say they made a humanoid thing and you add some horns and it and yeah, actually that's a great
1: way to describe it.
0: Yeah. That's um that's how I visualize like stealing from artists. I mean it, I would, stealing sounds like you're literally ripping them off, but like that doesn't that's not exactly what happens. Although, you know, you can take sampling, for example. Like that's like stealing um, from an artist, hundred percent. Yeah. Um especially producers that would take like a really old vinyl um speed it up or slow it down Add mm-hmm. on top and do nothing else and it becomes a hit song today that's still some form of taking something and making reinterpreting it, you know, it yeah yeah but i
1: must say you're uh you're very much holding it down for fl studio users i must say thank you to you because <laughs> fl studio users get so much crap and uh, i think your music is one of the people's music i shown like look look, look listen 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 This is made in FL Studio. And who else Taku as well. Um, from what I from what I heard, he used FL Studio too. And why do you think people give FL Studio so much crap?
0: It's because it's the workflow. I'm pretty sure it's the workflow. Um and you know, the name sounds ridiculous as well. No, 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 no.
1: If you say foodie loops. Like yeah, you say
0: Froot Loops It does Yeah I,
1: I ne- If someone asks me What do I use I never say Fruit Loops I always say FL Studio
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah You're 100% right, You're 100% right about that But yeah You're saying um, And Okay The workflow And just the They the, the, There's this like Whole thing where they say FL users are so culty About their dog <laughs> Like it's a, It's literally Almost like a cult uh, Like I'm I'd like to say I am not part it's of It's called FL Gang, by the way. FL Gang. I yeah. I got my tattoo right here, dude. <laughs> oh my god. I have my scar for my blood or something. It's, it's, uh, what whatever. No. Um yeah, it's uh I, I I'd like to not think of it as culty but like FL Studio is a very great DAW. I've tried other DAWs as well. I love Ableton. Ableton is very nice and straightforward, and the stock plugins in there are very powerful. Um, it's just... It, it, it would just be... I think people hate on FL so much. I, I said the workflow because, like, you know, they're used to something else, and then they try to hop on FL, and they're like, what what, what is what is happening here? What is... Why, why are all the why is the playlist are you able to put anything on any track in any playlist like why is why is there no like concise um, lane management and why do I have to plug in every single synth that I load into a mixer that kind of thing like it's 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 not really you don't really have to um, yeah yeah you don't have you could literally make this the whole song without even using the mixer as well yeah um, I've <laughs> But, you know, I'm not, I'm not like one person that would be like, yeah, FL is, is the DAW that everyone should use. It's <laughs> superior, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just um, I am a cook and I have ingredients and I'm just making mm. food. That's all and, it is. And what's an area in your
1: craft where you're feeling unsure about and you're really looking to improve on currently?
0: Compressors. Ooh, that's compressors. Ooh, that like, what that one answer. is. Yo, uh huh, go on. Because, like, I still don't know how they work to this day, but I know how to utilize them enough to make my mixes sound good. I'm just very confused about the whole ratio thing. Like, that's the thing that's throwing me the most. Like, you see, you, you, you see, like, a dead mouse stream or something, and you'll be like, yeah, I just use. Um, for one, compression, for one ratio on my compressor, and it fits this dance track really well. But I have no idea what that means. Um, because, like, most compressors I've used have, okay. so there's like the threshold, and then there's a the knee, and then there's a ratio. And it seems like the ratio and the knee do the exact same thing. But there is also ways to make it so that you adjust them and it makes a signal either really fat or really quiet and I still don't know how to do that like I've only like there's all sorts of compression um, methods to use there's like parallel compression there's Mm. serial compression and like little little um, words like that can throw someone off they (laughs) still throw me off to this day (laughs) that's that's a bit of a surprise but yeah i'm glad
1: you i'm glad you brought that up because it is it feels like it's, it's 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 its own world to an extent and it's tough to get and my last question for you is um uh well actually two more i see that you're working on a new album um with uh like i mentioned at the beginning with melodies from heaven being the lead single which direction are you looking to take uh your craft with the with the new album
0: um it changes the more and more I work on it, but right now I've I've been trying to create Catharsis Two or um, like trying to make something timeless. Mm. Um, but in terms of in terms of genres, um, I'm not entirely sure. Of course, there will be the same orchestral content from Catharsis that I had on the new album. But um I also like I've it's been my um plan for this album has been changing a lot recently. Uh since my sound has been changing to more like um EDM or there's there, there's these weird genres coming out on SoundCloud right now. Like I don't know if you've heard of Daria Core. What the hell is that? You ever listen to you ever listened to um Speedhouse? Like Okay, speed like either speed house or nightcore, anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Okay. it's okay. Uh, in a nightcore. Nutshell, yeah. What is it, nightcore? What is nightcore? It's this really old dumb thing. What that sounds like use? another word for techno. No, no, no. It's yeah, yeah In a way, but like it's it just, just sounds like it. Uh huh. It's literally just taking songs and speed speeding them up to like. <laughs> Sorry, speeding them up to like one eighty BPM and just posting them, but uh, (laughs) it's the same with Daria Core. Daria Core is basically (laughs) some really—it's—it's like really fast, very clipped, um, very harsh, super saw future bass at like one ninety BPM, and it's like yeah, it's actually it's an interesting sound, but I'm not—I'm pretty sure. If you heard it live, your ears would bleed.
1: (laughs) Actually, (laughs) tell me it. How do I spell this? This is amazing. I want to hear this.
0: Daryl Core, Like that. It's um, an artist that you can listen to, Um, I think. You can check out Leroy. That's a good entry level into what the sound is. This is the last question, but it's like packed
1: into... Three questions again. So, A, an artist slash band that you love to have a deep, meaningful conversation with. Uh, two, an artist that you think would be rare to party with. Three, an artist you would love to be your mentor. Um, yeah, what are your answers for each?
0: Starting with A, of course. Hmm, okay. I have one for, for the second one, Little Texas. That man is is crazy. (laughs) I bet he's he's fun at parties. Little Texas. Who who is that? Little Texas. He he makes like um, hardcore, like high BPM hardcore house. Oh, I want to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And (laughs) if you want to know how hard this man parties, sometimes he plays his shows naked. It's, it's yeah it's questionable it's it's questionable but like i bet he would be like the life of the party and just make it fun um no it's no not, not completely naked Bro, no no, no. even crazy. if no no, no. <laughs> no, no no my face you're was like like i, like, I was, <laughs> I was
1: <laughs> it's more so like uh wow respect it's more so like that because I, I i wouldn't be able to i don't know any dj that plays naked or even has the guts to to play naked especially with so much social pressure on you already while you're
0: while a DJ. So that's why I'm like, hmm, respect. <laughs> um no, like if it's understandable if you're like, uh that's a little that's somewhat No 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 no, no dude fun. again. I, I used to
1: I used to go to nude parties in my youth. So so
0: <laughs> wait, how if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now?
1: I'm 25.
0: Oh, we're the same age.
1: Yeah, I had a I was about to ask you how old you are but then just through through naming your interests i'm like this guy must be either 25 or like not older than 27 uh
0: yeah yeah um okay first one deep meaningful conversation with would have to be medicine because i think he's like the kind of I'm watching his streams and how he speaks and how he conducts himself um and like medicine is the kind of person that doesn't really like put himself out there or he doesn't like have a big ego. Like he's, you know, he knows what he wants and he knows how to conduct himself in the industry. Like I'm pretty sure um, I'm pretty sure that there would be a lot of wisdom to unpack from him. If you, Mm -hmm. if you if you were to have a conversation with, um, an artist that I would like to be my mentor. Hmm. Would have to be Mr. Carmack. Yo, yeah, Mr. Carmack. what an answer! Yo, damn, uh huh. Because yeah, he's just he's just got all sorts of flavors of genres to. That's like, true. You know, teach you, and um I'm sure there's a, there's gonna be a lot of if you, you can you can literally just learn a lot just watching him. He doesn't have to say anything; he just has to. He just has to exist and you would probably learn learn a lot just looking at what he does
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad that you brought him up because he was also among my first uh he was like almost like one of the folks that led me into the world of future beats and different kind of uh beats as well like he was the guy uh yeah but yeah, man, thank you so, so much for your time. This has been like absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. And yeah, like 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 what I mentioned at the start from various interviews, we've got a different side and it's a pleasure to see uh, more vibrant and also to get to know more of Josh as well. And actually it was through SubmitHub how I found um, Stroll. Someone submitted uh, Stroll. And that's when, but I, the name City rang above, but I just didn't know from where. Um, but apart from that, yeah, like I said, man, thank you so much. This, is, this means a lot as well. And thank you so much
0: for your time. And yeah, man, have yeah, a pleasant night. Of course. Night. Um, I know Stereo Fox has been supporting my stuff for a long time now. So it's really good to finally, like, you know, just have a chat. And I have done a lot of their written interviews in the past, but I think this is the first uh, verbal one. So it's, really, mm, it's mm.
1: really cool yeah we'll be in contact man uh have a pleasant night peace josh too man all right bye wow i really love how deep josh and i got uh pause and it's beautiful to see that this person that's usually described as a as someone that's shy and introverted uh like this on this episode um Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. And like I mentioned, all the relevant links are in the description. If you'd like to follow Josh and his music and if you'd also like to keep up with what we're doing. Um, yeah, again, thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.